0: It's not like you're in an airplane and once you break through into the atmosphere, it's clear sailing. It's like everybody I know goes through (laughs) this in some form of, of questioning and redefining and reinventing themselves and getting burned out and then taking some time off and then starting a new project. And then all of a sudden having some sort of breakthrough Unless you uh, question it, question yourself, question your work, and find two or three people who will give you honest feedback, then you're just working in a barbell and it's really hard. But if you find those honest people who will help you curate your own work, those people are worth their right gold. John
1: Dolan is one of those guys that you just want to chat with more. He has such a great perspective on a lot of things. He's just, I, I really appreciate thoughtful people and he's one of those. And we interviewed him on episode 19 and with that you'll hear more of a story but this one he had written recently a blog post called changing the channel and then he did some stuff on social and people responded a lot but it was hitting on the theme of everything looking the same and just everyone's on the same channel and so this episode is going to be discussing that i'm brayden flynn your host and this is the photo report before we get into the show, I want to tell you real quick about our sponsor, Film Supply Club. If you shoot film or you're interested in film, love film, it is the best place to get it at the best prices. It's an amazing community of some of the top photographers in our industry. You can check it out at filmsupply.club join. Now on to the show. Well, John, hey, welcome back to the show, man. am glad to be here. Awesome. Well, Hey, for those of you that haven't been listening long and you're just sort of picking up to the photo report here, you can go back to episode 19 to hear John's full story. But this, he just wrote a blog post recently that was talk titled changing the channel and you can go look at his blog. He writes some very great stuff on blog.johndolan.com. But, um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. And John, how about since I don't want to be talking the whole time, let me, can I just read one part of your post? And then I would love to know sort of what got you to write it. And then we'll go deeper from there.
0: That sounds like a great way to get into it.
1: (laughs) Cool. So... This part, just in talking about changing the channel and looking at images, you wrote, When I scroll through Instagram, I hope for that same sense of discovery and surprise. Instead, I often feel like I'm looking at the equivalent of soft rock, easy listening music. So much looks similar, safe, predictable. All one channel, all one genre. I want to see photos that wake me up. I want to have my eyes stretched to feel a range of emotions, not just the warm, fuzzy feelings of two people in love. So talk to me what uh, what inspired that and I want to
0: know more well the essence of it is that I think it's time to expand the definition of what makes a picture great of what makes a picture acceptable it seems like we've narrowed the uh, the definitions over the last couple of years and uh, it it's encouraged people in the wrong direction to to stay inside that little echo chamber and imitate each other. Instead of experimenting and choosing those outtakes and editing for yourself, it feels like everyone's trying to play it a little bit safe and preventing themselves from just going crazy or trying something weird or putting a picture up online that might not be so expected. Um, and you know, it made me think back to, uh, my early days in high school when all the music was kind of the Eagles and, uh, Seals and Croft and all these kind of seventies easy listening music. And then all of a sudden the Sex Pistols came on the radio and it was such an amazing wake up call for everybody that music doesn't have to just be easy and, uh, expected and, it can stretch your ears, stretch your brain. And, uh, so that's kind of where, where it came from. Just, I I felt like we were back at a time of where nothing was surprising me.
1: Totally. And I mean, and I, I for sure get it because I used to follow zero wedding photographers being a wedding photographer myself because I didn't necessarily want it's, it's really hard to be watching something or right. viewing or consuming something and not have it come out, you know, even subconsciously. And it's sort of like, why as kids, our parents have always told us, you know, it's like watch out who you hang out with because they're going to rub off on you. It's, it's <laughs> you know, I, I, use the example, you, you hang out in a coffee shop long enough. You're going to smell like
0: coffee. Um, yes. <laughs> well, it's, also, enough, yeah. <laughs> it's also kind of that uh, getting back to the early days of whenever somebody fell in love with photography, uh, there's a certain innocence and freshness to that. So I'm constantly thinking of ways to get back that the first love I felt for photography and the first pictures I made at the early weddings were so uh, surprising to me and gave me such pleasure and, Creative, it just got my creative juices flowing because I was just making new discoveries. So that's really what my point is about. It's not saying anybody uh, is doing anything wrong. It's more just trying to unlock myself and unlock people. And uh, and I think I, I have a suspicion that if people, if I came over to your house and dug through a couple of, of your weddings. I would find some surprising pictures that you might've put into a B edit or a C edit. And if if you came over to my house, you would do the same thing. So it's kind of encouraging people to, to take off the hat of trying to please the planners or the brides and saying, what if you're pleasing your buddy who's coming over for uh, the afternoon or the pictures you'd show your younger self or, uh, it's, 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 and there's the old, the loop of that is once you start finding those pictures, you're going to start making them at the next job you have because you're going to have that same endorphin rush and uh, that sort of thing. Totally.
1: You know, and I, I think it's, I'm not, I'm not saying this is you doing this, but I I think it's really easy to understand the concept of like creating the art that resonates with you or doing something different, not being a cookie cutter, being someone that stands out in the crowd and, or even just like doing work that reflects you because that's the work you're passionate about. But I think it's a whole other thing of actually doing it or knowing how to do it. Like, let's say you say, okay, yeah, my work does look just like everybody else's. And I understand that I want it to look different. I mean, I guess, what are the, what does somebody do to make that happen? Does that make, does that question make it, sense?
0: I, it it totally makes sense. And it, uh, it's very hard to unlearn once you get good at something. And it's very hard to become a novice again, but that's kind of the challenge. It's, it's the same when I do ad jobs with uh, with models and and they're just they cannot turn off their beautiful model looks their, their their go-to looks because they're so ingrained in them they're so automatic for them so i think it's the same with a lot of photographers we're so good at doing pictures that we've done before so we're in that same channel and we just uh, flick to that same thing we've done a million times as opposed to shaking ourselves into other ways. And and I think uh, each person has to find their own way to that. But the first thing is to set up the goal that, you know, at this wedding, I'm going to do uh, X number of things for myself. I'm going to do X number of things differently. I'm going to experiment on off days. Um, I'm going to do personal projects. And I think it might be something we talked about on our last uh, discussion, but Doing doing jobs for free or for non profit organizations is a great way to just to, to loosen up the muscles and and shoot something that's not so professional, so perfect, so uh slick and so sellable and get something really raw. It's almost like the difference between pasteurized milk and f- the raw stuff out of the cow you know? yeah, get back to that
1: <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I mean, I guess what what are you doing for that for yourself? It, I mean, you already mentioned sort of going back to that child trying to remember that childlike excitement or the beginner excitement. but I mean how are how are you challenging yourself in this regard?
0: Um, I, I I'm doing the I'm trying to get the the really mixed uh, balanced diet of work. that's one of the main things. Um, so I, I'm doing some corporate work, some nonprofit, some weddings and having a 30, 30, 30 mixture of that. Um, uh, and that's something that's been really important to me. I'm also, I, I'm trying to get influences from all sorts of other places besides, uh, besides photographers. So whether it's film or literature or, uh, just, just life, uh, uh, it, it's, it all feeds into the same creative source, um, and especially at weddings. My approach to weddings has shifted dramatically the last couple of years where I'm not even, uh, I'm not even trying that hard. I'm trying to be a really good present guest at the wedding and really be part of it and not be this outsider working really hard. Uh, so, it's, it's crossing over into the wedding as opposed to staying outside
1: yeah and how, how is that played off and I guess with the client because you work with really high-end celebrity clients as well how does how does that fit in with their expectations and and all that and how I guess how are you communicating what
0: you do as well you know the, the celebrity uh, the celebrity client that's its own. It's own ball game, but uh, I would say with my the bulk of my clients, the personal relationship before the wedding has gotten. Uh, I've gotten to know people a little bit better before weddings by having a drink with them, by having longer time getting to know them while I'm showing them my work and and just having a real curiosity. And it helps that I'm only doing ten weddings a year. We have a meal together. We uh, we we just kind of come at it in a non businessy way when we can. And I I had a uh, a brunch a couple weeks ago with two people whose weddings I shot, and then another friend of theirs came who I've done some other work with, who I didn't shoot her wedding, and then one other bride came. So I was sitting at a table with four people whose who I've worked with before. And this is two or three years after their wedding, so it made me realize that uh, this is what I really want in my clients. I want people who I I want to see down the road as former clients and present friends and future friends. So it's you know it's flipping the business model in a different way, and uh, and it's incredibly gratifying because we've shared something really intense together. I don't know if I'll see them twenty years later, we'll still have that same connection,
1: yeah, no it's it's a definitely a great approach and i I think there's there's so and this is something that you speak of a bit, and I know we t- we touched on it in our last episode, but just the the whole like production that has become weddings, you know yeah. that that goes into it, and Instagram and blogs haven't really helped the situations because now there's these expectations to come away with all of these exact shots and the, on top of that, the pressure for that that brides feel to be featured in a magazine, you know, some of them don't want their images anywhere, but then there's a ton that just like absolutely more than anything want their wedding to be featured. you know, so I guess how have you experienced that and I, I know you are not a fan of it so i guess you, you talk well, about a, it a little bit? it's a,
0: it's pretty interesting because i've had a few people after their wedding email me and say how do we get this published and then i start talking to them just about do you know what this entails do you know that this is going to you're going to tell the world x y and z about your wedding and it's you're putting yourself out there and let's think about why you want to do this. Is it to extend your brand for your business purposes or is it to keep the magic of your wedding in play? Or it's, it's a very interesting subject and I've had a lot of people kind of say, you know what, maybe we won't do anything with these or let's keep them private. I, I, I think people get very excited around their wedding and then six months later they've moved on and, um, I did, I'm not sure if you saw the New York Times did a really interesting article talking to people 10, 5, 10, 15, 20 years after their wedding, what they learned at their wedding. Uh, and a lot of people had this point about speaking to other brides. They said, the details I couldn't care less about 15 years down the road. Um, you know, have fun with your friends and enjoy the moment and don't sweat the small stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's if people can look that up, it's really it's a short interview with several different brides, but it's it fits right in with what we're talking about. Um I mean, I just think we have to encourage people to continue to 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 appreciate what their wedding is really about and how short the day is and how the pictures if the pictures have an honesty to them they're going to last. And, uh, if they have, if they're, if they've got a falseness to that, that's going to show up in a couple months.
1: Yeah. Let's, let's say that we're talking to, you know, you, you host workshops and you've been a part of those and speak at conferences. And the idea, like, let's say we've got a photographer listening that is in their first three years or maybe even five years of business. And there, you know, it's, I think it's so, there's this pressure to like, want to be good. And, and like, obviously you need to start getting booked and be getting booked. I guess, how would you challenge them to either figure out their why behind what they're doing, which obviously then comes out in their photos or to like, how do they have their own channel? That's unique than the soft rock that's out there. And, and I guess, why would they do that outside? Like some, you could have asked people back in the day, like, how the hell could you be listening to the sex pistols where other people, it was like setting them free. Um, and and not necessarily meaning you've got to go shoot punk rock weddings, but (laughs) you know, how, how would you talk about this with someone who's has no idea how to even think about it?
0: Well, the way I've done it uh, for years at, at different workshops I've taught at is to start backwards from, the person's work and try to, to, drill down into which pictures are really theirs and which pictures are there are uh, pictures where they're kind of imitating somebody else. Uh, and, and you, you keep refining that definition of what makes it your picture. And then you can create a, 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 a portfolio out of those core pictures and sell yourself as who you really are rather than trying to please everybody as a kind of variety pack of photography. Uh, it's a struggle that all artists have to go through. You, you start with, uh, I mean, this is the way painters used to be trained. You'd start by imitating the masters, which is a good thing. It gives you your craft. But then after a certain number of years and hours of, of going at it, You find the core, uh, style and the core message and, and it might not lead to, uh, instant success, but it's more likely to lead to a gratifying, uh, photography journey. Um, and I'm always really interested in the long game because I've seen a lot of photographers get really good really quickly and then just burn out, uh, and that's 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 what that's often when they come to our workshops is when they've peaked they're doing 30 or 40 a year and they just don't know why uh so it takes a lot of work
1: yeah it's it's not just a an industry to do to make an
0: extra buck you know it's if if you exactly. want to do it for the long haul Exactly. And I, and I don't think that people think about that that often. Once if you're a young photographer and you start shooting 10 weddings a year and you're making X number of dollars per wedding, that's really hard to, to pause and question it because it seems like, you know, it's pretty nice way to make a living. The problem is it's each wedding takes something out of you and Each wedding that you do not in your own style or not in your pure style takes a lot out of you creatively. That's, you know, you have to think of that as like a, a finite, like a, something you have to mine. You have gold inside you and you use it up on each wedding. And if you keep, if you keep using it, I've just seen it too many times where people just, uh, they just go hard and then they they lose the magic.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's easy to lose when you uh when you sort of wander off the
0: trail. Yeah, and I and I uh, I think people also need to understand that everybody struggles with this at all levels. So it's not a it's not like you're in an airplane and once you break through into the atmosphere it's clear sailing. It's like everybody I know goes through this in some form of, of questioning and redefining and reinventing themselves and getting burned out and then taking some time off and then starting a new project and then all of a sudden having some sort of breakthrough. But unless you uh, question it and uh, and question the whole, you question yourself, question your work, And find two or three people who will give you honest feedback, then you're just working in a bubble and it's really hard. But if you find those honest people who will help you curate your own work and say, this is really your shot, then those people are worth their weight in gold.
1: Absolutely. Um, Do you have examples of, it doesn't have to be in the wedding world, it could be just... Anywhere of people that you feel like have done this well, just for like examples of what that looks like to, to be on a different channel than everybody else.
0: Oh, it's a might be a little cliche some, but my go-to was always Joni Mitchell because uh, uh, when I discovered her in college and uh, she was just trying, she was, she was, she had been a pop star and then she, Broke rules and tried uh, teaming up with different jazz musicians. Then she did a f- very weird album. Then she, you know, every year during college, she was coming out with a completely different style. And you know, I just had to sit back and have such respect for the guts it took to walk away from the the pop world and uh, and me- push herself musically. Um, and then there's writers who do that as well um, you know you can almost learn from writers who just write the next bestseller paperback and then the ones who experiment constantly judging i would say filmmakers i judge even more often about that or actors and you look at somebody's career who's taking risks and they alternate between the blockbuster and then the indie flick and or they make the right choices and they last for 30 40 years so you know each person has to kind of dig in in their uh people they admire and see who's doing the long game and not just who's the newest pop star
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because i mean if you think about it deep down people want to be liked people want to be yes. for the, for the most part they want especially now you got your instagram actual likes but they they want to be well received they want people to like think their work is incredible yeah so it it is sort of like or let's say even someone who's had you know you've got your style you've got people know who you are to then change that to sort of, I guess, going back to Joni Mitchell, the thing that was working for her, she all of a sudden pivots and does something different with the risk of it not being successful.
0: Yeah. It's counterintuitive. Uh, Why would you give up the easy path, the success route? But um, I think what it does is that it recharges the artist within you. And I, I, I think it's, you know, Picasso had his different periods, and he, he he stretched himself. i I just think there's no way you can keep going at the same pace and keep the quality the same level. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, it pops in my mind. I once had a tour of the Hallmark offices in Kansas City, and I walked by this one desk, and there was a woman who, for forty years, had painted little teddy bears on. Uh, christmas cards (laughs) and that's that was all she did for 40 years and there was something kind of wonderful about that but i'm not sure that that's what we're talking about i think we're talking about this yeah keeping it fresh and keeping the the thing that that gives us energy keeping that going and and revitalizing ourselves yeah
1: so, and I, I think it, it helps almost to experiment with other mediums or other, you know, just non-paid work, personal projects, other forms of art to get out of, sometimes to like reinvigorate a passion is, I well, mean. Well,
0: I'm also just looking at your life, I, similar to mine. Yeah. I think parent, parenting has some, <laughs> I think there's some amazing things to learn from that process. And it's how do you fold that into your work? Um, that's an interesting challenge. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of looking out that everything's part of the creative process and everything's part of how we are as human beings uh, affects how our pictures come out. Uh, I think that's the essence of it is, you know, the, the more human we are and the more empathetic and the more s- sensitive to what's going on around us, that makes better pictures. If you're on autopilot when you're at the wedding and just going down the shot list and firing away, that comes through in the pictures. Totally.
1: Yeah. There's even like a few things that I've done recently it's one of those two. It's like, if you only shoot digital, try playing with some film, go get, it's easy to get a film camera and just go shoot a couple of rolls of film. And I know like that might just ignite a whole other passion in you. Or if I mean, I just started bringing some strobe lights to weddings and shooting more formal portraits that are more like a studio portrait on a wedding day. And those have been some of my favorite images. And I've gotten almost like, I've gotten really excited in making those pictures because they're just not what I normally do. And it's been really fun to do something different.
0: I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's, it's a game that we have to Uh, We have to impose certain things on ourselves, you know, close one, tape one eye shut or shoot with your other eye or uh, it's almost like playing left handed if you play ping pong or something like that just to completely mess it up. But um, I love that idea of bringing lights to a wedding. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. Or yeah. just doing, doing things that are out of your normal. And we talked about in the last episode where I mentioned Art Striver, who was saying, you know, get one for, get one for them and one for me. It's that yeah. idea of like, sure, you can, like, don't miss the photos that you know you need to get. But at the same time, once you've got those photos, play around, like, encourage yourself to do something different. Look at things a different way, you know, use it. If you shoot shoot at the same venues, shoot in a different way, shoot in a different light, shoot. If you only shoot backlit and really pretty light, go move them into a frontlit situation and, and see what happens. And, um, yeah, I, I think being able to, in your same situations, be able to challenge yourself to come away with something different and new shooting in darker situations if you only shoot bright airy photos and you know throw it into your mix and see like i sometimes those are my favorite images and then sometimes I'm just always thinking they don't really fit on a wedding day but some people that's all they shoot and people love that you know so i don't know
0: well it, it, it's it's also uh looking at the wedding day from a different perspective that it's not just all sunshine and rainbows and how, how do you illustrate that complexity? I think that's, that's kind of also what I've been talking about the different channels that, you know, not all weddings are are love songs and even not every minute of every wedding is a sweet love song. So within a wedding day, there's a million different emotions. And it seems to me that we, a lot of us just stay in a really narrow range within those emotions. So, you know, look in different ways for the, 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 t- the, the different emotional tones there. And, uh, you might be surprised what's right in front of you. I, I also think like this is a great time of year to be talking about this stuff and, and to, uh, use this like the, like spring training at, for the baseball players, you know, try different things and, uh, stretch okay. it all out.
1: Yeah. And I, especially like if, if we're recording this right now at the beginning of the year and a lot of photographers aren't quite as booked right now, maybe this is a time for you to go out and schedule, like create a shoot, work with some mm-hmm. friends. And I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of just styled shoots altogether, but actually go out, like shoot with a friend, shoot with a model, shoot with someone and do something different than what you normally do
0: Yeah, uh, and, and see how it America. comes out go to a bar on a Friday night with a flash and shoot like a Brassai shot in Paris in the thirties. Um, I think it's, I think you're right. It, it's, it doesn't have to be bridal. It's, it's about life and weddings are about people celebrating things and people recognizing moments. So it's, it's all part of it. Um, Yeah. Do you, do you have,
1: I mean, I, I sort of asked this question already, but do you have a process that you can take people down to figure out their why, or like what, if someone's sitting at home and they want to like get their journal out, go get your journal out and, and write something about figuring out their why, like what, what is that? What could that process be?
0: I That's, that's a really good one. Um, because it's such an internal journey uh, and it's something I do with people one-on-one when, when I do workshops because it's, I like to kind of put people up against the wall and go, what's your, what's your main motivation for doing 30 weddings a year? Is it, what is it about weddings that you're fascinated about? Are you doing this to pay the mortgage or are you doing this for creative outlet or a combination of both? Uh, where was your initial passion with coming to weddings? What what, what makes you, gets you really thrilled about it? Um, and then sort of I'm looking at their work and I'm seeing certain pictures that have a special sparkle to them that I haven't seen before. And it's like, do you realize this picture has something that this one doesn't? Uh, I would strongly encourage people to, to go back into some weddings from last year and look at them in a whole different way if they can. Um, I know that that's one of the things I love most about film is that I discover winners more. I discover sort of hidden gems in my film edits more often than in digital because digital, you kind of know what you're getting. Uh, But, but no matter what, just dig back into your work and see, was there something you missed? And then print that picture out, put it on the wall next to your bed and see it the first thing in the morning to get you excited on it. But I think you need to, I think you need to really dig into yourself about what's, what's turning the engine.
1: Yeah, no, it's really good. And you are speaking of all this fun teaching and, and helping people through the process. You do have a workshop coming up in May, early May. Can you talk about that a little bit and what you'll be doing out
0: there? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a new concept to, to bring people into my home and, uh, into this barn we renovated. And it's, it's a, it's a beautiful setting, to go really deep and it's not going to, we're not going to do styled shoots. Uh, we're going to look at work really intensely. I'm going to show a bunch of work that I haven't seen some historical stuff and, and just kind of explain my, my journey, but then go deep one-on-one with, with each person um, and do some physical things outside. I'm not sure I'll have people chop wood, but we're, we're going to, go on some hikes around here and um and just think about it more of as a retreat and a creative uh refresh before certainly before my season starts um so it's it's 10 people maximum and three days two and a half days sunday night monday tuesday uh, up in the uh, upstate new york where i live
1: that sounds incredible. Uh, and P, if people are interested, I, I'm guessing it's going to sell out pretty quick. Where would they look to go sign up?
0: Uh, blog.johndolan.com.
1: All right. Go find it there. Uh, but, John, thanks so much again for taking time and sharing some of this. And I hope, hopefully, this sparks some people to go out there and sit down and really think through their why and not just going through the motions. And hopefully, we see some some channels changed out there.
0: I love it. I love it. Thanks for calling me for this one. Thanks, John. Talk to Braden.
1: I really hope that got you thinking about your work a bit and just what channel you're on. Is it the same channel as everybody else? Does your work look just like everybody else's or does it stand out? Are you doing something that really resonates with your heart, With really resonates with something that you're proud of versus just another pretty to get a like on Instagram and yeah so I hope that you have left this conversation thinking a little bit differently and challenging you to go change that channel whatever that looks like for you if you did like this any sort of shout outs would be just helpful to find have other people find the podcast and always would love to hear from you about just what you want to hear about I don't I'm the whole reason I'm doing this is to sort of encourage and lift up and challenge and all those things so if there's any sort of topics or challenges or things that you're stuck on, you know, shoot a direct message over at the Photo Report on Instagram, or you can reach out to me directly, Braden Flynn at Braden Flynn on Instagram. So, thank you so much, and until the next one, get out there and go be creative.